The Zooier Than Thou podcast contains mature content and language and may not be suitable for younger audiences. Thanks for your understanding. Five, four, three, two, zero, one. Happy Zooier! One of those little Woo-hoo. things you blow into that make an annoying noise. No, <laughs> not that thing you're thinking of. A Vuvuzela. I have to ask right off the bat, uh, Toggle, before we go Uh further, did you imagine when we did the first episode last year, we get to say that, last year, Uh, uh, whenever the hell that was, that we would be doing a New Year's episode uh, ringing in the new year? I mean... Was there right? Any? I had no idea. Nope. Nope. Uh, first of all, I didn't know if you would be alive. Exactly. There honest. is that. Yeah, that has been definitely <laughs> an open question. And um, you, you just imagining that we would be where we are now doing this episode right now was not anywhere on my road, not personally. And it is an incredible no. honor and an incredible blessing to be here doing this. And I'm, I'm still far yes. enough behind the curve that I'm not quite able to... Um, you know, put that in my thought process like a real thing, even though I'm sitting here recording this episode, it does not seem like this can be happening. And uh, that is a smiley, happy, wonderful thing. And I thank everybody who has participated. And mostly, I think I'm just going to, as your co host, sit here and smile a lot, which doesn't make great radio or podcast, but it does no. make for a great evening. Yeah, and I'm perfect. not sorry at all yes. about that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of our friends here today. Yep. Uh, I know. Love Cat and Kanan's Gnosis wanted to be here, but they're traveling the countryside mm-hmm. together in, in a car with their dogs. Um, I know Sigma, one of the people who wrote in, was going to be here, but he mm-hmm. had some internet trouble, so he cannot join us today. But, so we've got Doodle here. Say hey, Doodle. Hey, everyone. <laughs> we got Steve. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hi, <laughs> We have Kion returning. I am here. <laughs> uh, we have a new friend, uh, Les. Les is here. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Wow. Uh, who am I missing? I know there's somebody else. Oh, uh, Fausti's fiance is Indeed. here. Yes. Hi. So Hello, Zeman. Yes, the three of us are now <laughs> together uh, jointly in the recording studio. Yeah. Um, creating a critical mass of zooiness that has not uh, <laughs> been met uh, previously. So that is a new high point uh, for the podcast <laughs> here in a yes. uh, super secret uh, podcast location that nobody knows about, but it's in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Just don't tell anybody. Shh. It's a secret. Don't tell anyone. Super secret. Yeah. Can we bleep that out after the fact? Yeah. That is very exciting news as a fan. And I have a giant bottle opener the size of a spatula. <laughs> I thought you were going and somewhere else to... with that. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to open this uh, bottle of sparkling cider as nice. uh, Zeman and Fausty have their duck. wine. I have well, my cider. we're going to duck because, you, you know, uh-oh, here it goes. Boink. <laughs> no, Toggle, very... I, I like the way you handle that yeah. bottle. It's uh, quite uh, luscious, <laughs> what you're doing with it. I, yeah, wish, yeah. I wish everybody could see just exactly how uh, voluptuous. Yeah. Oh, and listen to that. I, I wish I could wrap my paws around <laughs> it, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm enjoying it. But he's right, actually, guys. you know, that smiley voice you're hearing, he is growling at Zeman and I with his eyes, like, don't come near my sparkling <laughs> cider. So, not quite as welcoming as Raise your wine that sounds. Let's oh, do okay. it. Okay, here okay. Here we go. Here we go. Happy Zoo Year. Woo! Here we go. One, three, Cheers. three. Whoa, right hand barely almost ended up a disaster. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so. Don't put it in your right hand. Do the left okay. hand. 
Fair enough. So happy Zoo Year to everybody, mm-hmm. both here locally in the studio with us, and uh, yes. scattered about the multiverse, and uh, listening in down the road, and all the best to everybody and uh, everybody's loved ones and our world at large for 2020. I think it's going to be a great year. I certainly fucking hope so, because everything's gone to hell in a handbasket outside of our little zoo studio. Mm. Um, But for us, it's been an interesting year. Mm -hmm. Guys, where did you think it would be this time last year? Uh, It's an open question for the forum. It's an easy answer for me. I thought it'd be dead. So I'll pass my answer and pass from there. um, (laughs) Think again. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) As a as a great fan of the show, um, I, uh, I I guess I was pretty darn surprised that it kept going, <laughs> and I'm just so glad that. It did. God, this looked like it could never be sustainable, didn't it? Especially without any sponsors. <laughs> I I'm sure Toggle remembers my skeptical uh, response. Yeah. When he told me about this. Yeah, I do. I remember. <laughs> Good job. We look at where we've gotten now. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, How about and- you, Doodle? Where were you this time last year? Where he is right now. <laughs> he's horsing around. Was <laughs> Doodle disappeared again? No, he's still there. Oh, no, I'm still here. I'm just listening. Oh, well, I asked you a question, Doodle, goddammit. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, honestly, I thought I'd be doing the same thing I'm doing, and I am doing the same <laughs> thing I was doing last year. There you go. Exactly. So here I am, still existing, doing the exact same thing I thought I would be doing, which is doing. <laughs> Doing the to give you the most detailed answer possible I was going to say actually uh, for those who don't know uh, Doodle is in a, a horse stable right now oh yeah with my, uh, my four legged lady here yeah. with his substantially better half we might say um, at least <laughs> oh wow speaking. Yeah. rude <laughs> she wants to poke at the microphone <laughs> let us act <laughs> yeah, she just poked it with her nose <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not having not nothing to do with this was. glowing red, white orb. Well, I, I do want to loop <laughs> back and say that insofar as we have continued and uh, continued to uh, work on this project in ways that have been fascinating and hopefully impactful and positive in so many ways, it is because of the, f- the fact that so many folks have pitched in in so many ways mm, when, yes. the, when the need was there. And I was thinking specifically of Kion, who for several episodes one episode in particular stepped in when i was too busy dying to do much of anything else and i continue to think that's probably our best episode which says a lot about me as a co-host <laughs> like i listened to that episode and I'm like, wow that's way better than the ones that i'm in so um <laughs> that's just one example of the fact that the podcast has you know right from the beginning been so much more than toggle and i working on it together although toggle right. does actually all the work part of making the podcast happen <laughs> just to be clear it's um, a very hard work there's a lot of uh, when when the need was there and and when circumstances made it seem like there was mm. really no way we were going to find a path forward or that it just was not going to be able to continue uh, growing and evolving mm. the way it was. It seems like there's always been somebody or somebody's plural who stepped in at just the right time with just the right thing to not only keep it going, but to expand it and extend it. And um, I think it's that organic sense that the podcast has become more than any one of us uh, individually. Mm. That is why it's still here and why it continues to be uh, relevant and interesting even as a participant i'm fascinated to watch how it develops because it isn't mm. something that has been planned out really 
by any of us in, in, in any longer term <laughs> sense. Flying I think that's obvious. Yeah, that, that's a big understatement, but in the best possible sense, uh, because I mean, we didn't have a template when we started, right? Well, we'll just like right. remember that whole toggle. We were know. like, what's a podcast? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, podcast. podcast is kind of like this, so we'll do it this way. I'd I never guess. actually listen to, listen to a podcast. Before, yeah, we didn't actually <laughs> listen to a full podcast before doing a podcast, which was actually a, a strategic choice. And um, <laughs> now, you know, a, a, not quite a year later, but we'll round up and say a year later, uh, there is something that has happened with the project and the team that has come together around it that has been all the more, um, I think, organic and fascinating to observe in that it was never part of some big master plan. It did really come together through the community and through the outreach that the that the project has been able to do. And it has been one of the most genuinely intellectually fascinating things I've been part of to watch this emergent uh, uh, circumstance uh, come together out of nowhere and continue to evolve and grow and expand and bring new people in and new ideas. And uh, mm -hmm. sitting back and watching as much as hosting has been just a fascinating experience. And I am grateful to everybody who has opened their hearts and opened their minds, uh, it's, mm -hmm. which is, I think, the core of what has allowed this project to maintain a vibrancy and a flexibility mm. to go where it needed to go when it needed to go there instead of being stuck in some rigid template. And uh, also, I think the fact that I don't really talk all that much in the podcast probably helps a lot because, you know, it would suck if I just oh, talked over the top of it. So Fortunately, that's not an issue for me. So I also want to say another thing that's really helped um, uh, is the amount of talent that has come and helped us out. Like mm -hmm. there are a couple of voice actors that work with us who don't want their names mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um so we have not really given them any sort of recognition. Mm -hmm. um, but we have Zooey, who is not here tonight. Zooey right. is with family, yep. as one does during the holidays. So mm -hmm. uh, they are not joining us tonight, but they are here in spirit. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, a couple of voice actors that aren't even zoos mm -hmm. that actually help us out because they're like, yeah, I'm, this mm -hmm. is a lot of fun. It's subversive and interesting material. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine? Like... Mm -hmm. um, yep. Who wouldn't want to play that? That's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, our, our friend who plays the the uh, mm. the bear. Little bear likes to ride. Little bear likes to ride on yep. top sometimes, right? <laughs> mm. But um, he's not a zoo. But he he did join oh, us. I thought he was. No, he's not a zoo. Just a random. Ah, go figure. Yeah, a friend of mine actually. He was like, um, he's like, hey, will you come do voices? Or he's like, uh, fuck yeah, I will. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think if I was going to so make shout a, out to you. I a, love you, man. A random prediction for 2020 as the podcast continues to evolve. I have a sense that mm. the ratio of zoos to non-zoos who are contributing to and working on the podcast uh, will either go up or down. I forgot which one I said, but there will be more uh, non-zoos that uh, that uh, join and uh, uh, contribute to it. Uh, mm. I would be surprised yeah. if that's not. It just feels like that's where this is going because we're doing something more than well, I mean, specifically yeah. Zooey in some way. That our I, last two episodes too. Absolutely, like our last well two said. episodes are yeah. guests. Yeah, right. Um, and we're going to have another guest tonight. Mm -hmm. Doodle's mom will be joining us a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, we have actually recorded. Doodle, have you talked to your mom since we recorded? Yes, I have. Uh, what did she say? Said that it went quite well. Um, Said, was asked a few fairly decent questions and she hopes it'll be of good help. <laughs> She's an extraordinary yeah, woman. It, I think it will be. Yeah. She was great. I loved having her on. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Love Cat's dad was great. Our, our friends that came in mm-hmm. and helped us were great. I want to hear from the other people on this call. <clears throat> what the fuck is up with you guys? What's up, guys? What do you mean? Oh, man, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, now that you've spoken up, Steve, you do mm, have yes. a project that you're working mm-hmm. on. I do. It's an editing at the moment, All which right. is like editing hell, but uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be worth it. All right. I'm excited. When do you think, Do you, I mean, you don't have to put a hard date down, but when do you think you're going to launch it? Man, I'm just going to have to make myself do something <laughs> and get it out there and then... <laughs> <laughs> Once it's out in the ether, then I'll learn mm-hmm. from my mistakes mm-hmm. and hopefully get better. <laughs> well, I am here to help you. If you have any questions, obviously, I don't know if you knew that that I could help you. And for listeners who are not familiar <laughs> with the backstory here, Toggle, the a project uh, to which you make reference in regards to Steve is what specifically? It's Zoo mm-hmm. Stories, and it just kind of focuses on zoos telling. Uh, kind of an overview of their lives, um, how they came out, uh, what animals they're interested in, and how non-zoos have reacted, and uh, just really having free reign to, to tell their own story. And it's um, the, the general idea of the first episode is to just have one zoo. Our first guest is uh, going to be Love Cat, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, just uh, tell their own story, and it's just one zoo per episode, and and uh, they they tell their own um, I don't know kind of life story in broad strokes, and uh, hopefully I don't know. I guess my my aspiration for this is that zoos will listen to it and realize that they share a lot of these experiences, mm. and they're not so mm. alone. Hmm. Well said. Oh, yeah, dude. Well said. And that is not the only, that's not the only uh, potential uh, uh, podcast, um, not spinoff, but um, launch that is in works. Is that correct, Toggle? That is correct. Uh There is another one uh, that is uh, kind of on hold in the editing process right now, Mm -hmm. only because there is movement around the United States Mm -hmm. that gets in the way. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Uh, they confided in me that they will be starting up again soon mm-hmm. and we'll have more information on that mm-hmm. as well, but I don't want to put mm-hmm. anything out there just yet Well said. until things are okay. in motion. It was a not-so-secret um, goal of the launch of Zero Than Thou mm-hmm. to um, encourage and inspire others to take the concept and run with it in, in new and interesting directions, and I am glad to say that it looks like in that regard... We are having some real success and we're seeing some really uh, creatively fascinating and inspiring uh, um, um, extensions to the general concept of what we've done here. And I think that is a deep honor to be part of that and to watch that happen as as a a core uh, goal of why we started this. I would say that I'm as yeah. proud as of that as I am really anything else we've been able to do because that opens the door for so much more creativity and so many more people mm-hmm. to participate. And that uh, organic extension of the, this particular medium is something that we had really hoped to demonstrate was not only possible, but really exciting and fun yeah. to do. And I think we're seeing that in real time. Yeah, and I think yeah. uh, some people... I've gotten the sense that a few people think we're kind of like creating this monolith mm-hmm. of a of a like like um 
Like we are the voice,、mm. but、mm-hmm. the idea actually is to kind of open it up so that there are more voices,、Absolutely. so that Zuri and Thou is not your only choice for a zoo podcast、mm-hmm. where you can go. I fucking hate Fausti and Toggle. Yeah, I'm gonna go listen to Steve, <laughs> right?、Um, and because Steve's podcast is better, and I think that's cool. I think the idea that you would get to choose which podcast zoo podcast you listen、mm-hmm. to is the ultimate mm-hmm. goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's awesome. It's, it's like、and、your running also, joke from the beginning is coming true. <laughs> that was <laughs>、right. that was that was the hope, and yet here we are. So it seems like that's happening. <laughs> Now, Kyan, you joined us at,、um, after episode three, I believe.、Um, we've had ups and downs.、Uh, what has your general experience from last year been since you from before, and then since you've joined the podcast? Well, I certainly have been had been. On the down low regarding being a zoo, just kind of inactive as far as talking or inter doing anything.、Um, mm-hmm. It's given me、mm-hmm. an opportunity to socialize with、uh, other like-minded, and I've even started cruising、mm. some of the、uh, forum out there and saying hi to some people here and there. That、mm. uh, for a long time I just kind of left it there because there was、I、nothing to do you, with、yeah. it, you know.、Mm-hmm. Right, right. I think I saw you say hi to someone、uh, <laughs> on. Zooville,、mm-hmm. I think I noticed you said hi to someone.、Wow. Um, I was going to say, yeah, one of the best things that's happened for me is getting to meet so many really cool zoos through the avenue of the、mm-hmm. podcast. So, like, the podcast exists. I would have never met Doodle,、mm-hmm. never met、mm-hmm. Love Cat.、Um, who else? There's a lot of people I wouldn't have met.、Uh, I wouldn't have met Steve.、Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. So. This has been a, an amazing year. It's been like 2019 was my zoo year. 2020 is the year of the rat motherfucker, <laughs> and so I'll be coming hard. Rub it all in our face. All in our face. Oh, oh all yeah. Over. You're、yes. gonna know it's the year of the rat every single fucking episode. <laughs> There's tiny, tiny little rat balls that someday will drop. <laughs> well, maybe this will be the year, right? Yep. Gotta be sometime. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh my god, Zeman. Um, it's been a hell of a year for you. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, I don't really know how much you want to expound on that, but is there anything you want to kind of talk about and share, reflect on?、Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost too overwhelming to kind of go into detail. Let's just say that、uh, it's, it's definitely something to never underappreciate your health.、Mm. You know,、mm. so yes, well said.、Mm. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's all I can say.、Yeah. So there have been、uh, ups and downs, some really amazing highs and some really significant lows、um, for 2019. And we're just talking about our own personal lives and、uh, and not、mm-hmm. even getting into you know what's happening around、mm-hmm. the world, which is insane.、Mm-hmm. Um, I do also want to hear from our friend here,、uh, Les.、Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Tell me about your experience. You are a fan of the podcast. When did you first hear about it? That's going to be.、Uh, you already had a handful of episodes, so I wasn't there at the very beginning.、Mm-hmm. But、uh, just it's 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 amazing that I'm sitting here talking、mm-hmm. with you people. Like I've <laughs> I've it's it's、Aww. it's truly an honor to be here. Like I'm just some guy. <laughs> That's and kind of who we are too. <laughs> yeah, we're all just some. You're、people. a guy with some、no. interesting stories.、No, yes, that's that is what is so、yeah. wonderful about your podcast is 
that it it, it is simply fun to listen to. Mm. You are, you know, you are just real people, <laughs> and it's it's it's. Fabulous to be represented as real people. On the internet, nobody right. knows you're a dog. That's exactly Hello, it. Actually, yes, we all I know. Real person. <laughs> we all know you're a dog. Yeah. So I am a meat popsicle. <laughs> I, I think, um, and I'm not speaking on behalf of Toggle, my co-host. Actually, I kind of am because I'm about to say I'm thinking oh, that we. You. Yeah, but hopefully, I'm I'm speaking appropriately. I I think that yeah. we have always uh, recognized that this community in particular is profoundly diverse. And uh, mm. as as many different, uh, the old joke is that uh, put ten zoos in a room and you'll have eleven opinions on any subject. Um, we can be ornery, um, uh, contumacious, um, argumentative uh, to an extreme. It's in a sense what keeps us alive in a challenging world around us to you mm. know, to some extent. Um, and our goal with the podcast when we started it, and certainly it continues to be, and this is the we that I was speaking about here, Toggle, has, has never mm. been to speak on behalf of the community because we don't have any particular uh, credentials or um, qualifications to, right. to represent the community in any meaningful sense. We are members of the community and participants in the community in our own particular ways. Uh, yeah, I think the the uh, the actual audience is the community, Absolutely. not yeah. not people outside of the community. We're not speaking to anyone outside of our community uh, per se. I mean, they may be picking up on what we're putting down. Right. But our uh, our intention is not to represent us as much as to be for us by us. Right. And uh, uh, to uh, to provide an opportunity for the community to uh, uh, speak within itself and to itself. That was really poorly phrased, even for me. Um, <laughs> rather than speaking on behalf of the community as some kind of authoritative voices, because there is nothing, I think, mm. in the work that Toggle and I have done on this podcast that puts us on a pedestal in any sense that we're better or uh, m more uh, important than anybody else in the community. Mm -mm. And um, I, I hope but that if we never have that, that, sense, that yeah. is, I think, a, mm. a fundamental uh, starting point. And I do not think there's any, um, you know, air between Toggle and I when it comes to that. We've been in complete agreement that the goal here isn't to create a mm -hmm. monolith. The goal here is to create a new channel and new opportunities for those in our community to find voices and to meet each other and mm -hmm. share um, and empower each other and and to right. expand into healthy In fact, places. I think actually one one of the big things that we were talking about when we decided to do this is how powerful mm. an actual voice mm. is. Uh, the idea of the podcast actually allowing not not like literally zoos to have a literal mm. voice to be heard. Like the idea that zoos are not allowed to Very speak true. and that this podcast flies in the face of that paradigm where we're not allowed to talk we're not allowed to be heard we're not even allowed to be seen the podcast is antithetical to that it says no zoos have a voice and this is our voice and we want to have everyone else have a voice as well and i think it's made it easier um to be comfortable 
uh, as as our guests had just mentioned, uh, being ourselves no more and no less, because like everybody else mm. in our community, right. we're, we're, we're people and uh, we have good days and bad days and we have strengths and weaknesses. And um, to try to cover up for that, I think, would be to dehumanize further um, who we are as a community, because we are as a community, mm. individual people. And that's really what is right. the part that gets lost sometimes, I think, in the debates with like capital D. We're going to debate the zoo issue, you know, thinking back to the lucid oh. creator and uh, no disrespect to him. It, it, it's, it's not mm. a criticism of him, but the whole concept of like debating uh, this issue or that issue. And, and the podcast is an opportunity um, though we do uh, touch on subs substantive topics, of course, the best we can, it's an opportunity for us to be ourselves and and to and to participate mm -hmm. as as would anybody else in a channel in a type of communication that is open to anybody who chooses to do it. And um, by doing so, we've always hoped that we would demystify some of the um, the sense that zoos are these otherworldly. Um, um, uh, strange, mm. exotic, rare, um, uh, different in some things. Um, uh, amorphous things. Yeah, that there mm. are a category. Like zoos are a category. Well, well, no, there's no category. It was just a bunch of people um, all around the world and uh, right. fascinating people in many regards and uh, diverse people, but uh, first and foremost, people with voices and with opinions and with ideas and hopes and dreams mm. and even real lives. Some of us have health issues. Some of us mm. have, you know, other challenges in our lives. And by, mm -hmm. and instead of hiding any of that and trying to be, you know, with capital P professional, we want to be professional. We want to do a great job with the podcast, but not at the loss of, um, being organic and, humanity, and be, mm -hmm. humanity, being genuine, because I think that's the mm -hmm. most, for me, the fascinating mm -hmm. part of our community is it, it, how deep and rich and varied the uh, diversity is that I have found in decades um, of getting to know many zoos around the world. There really is no other community I've found that had anywhere near the kind of just exuberant diversity and variability um, amongst the members of it. And it, I will always be honored and fascinated to meet you know another person because every time i meet a different zoo um no matter how many folks i've already known there's always something about each person i meet that brings a, a, a new layer of of um of life of of um detail and and fascination and uh, curiosity and uh, I, the, the podcast i hope uh, has reflected the the sense of of joyful um um, life that comes out of this particular community mm. and uh, that is so much a part mm. of who we are from inside. But when you look at us from outside, the way we've been portrayed or understood or misunderstood or ignored, um, it, it is so different from what it's really like and who we really are. And I think the chance right. to open that door up and, mm -hmm. and blow some of the dust off those weird old stereotypes and, and be who we are has really been transformative in uh, the conversations I have with non-Zoos. Quite a few of uh, these conversations will focus back on uh, the surprise that they find in listening into our podcasts uh, that we're people, you know, that we have the same kind of... Mm. Um, 
things that other people have and which has to bring up the question of what did you think we were i mean like well, what's the alternative not people <laughs> robots or something like that but Apparitions. I, I, yeah. I mean in their defense absolutely i think they often <laughs> what they'll tell me is uh, they didn't know what to think like I, I didn't know i didn't really have any expectations mm. of who you were i just didn't know and it turns out you know you're people you're interesting and and you know this and that and and uh once that door mm. opens to thinking of us as people I think that there is a really uh, a powerful opportunity to um, mm. to reintegrate uh, our community into the larger uh, community of human diversity because we are no longer, as mm. somebody had said, things or objects. We're we're part of humanity, right. and once you've taken that step, and right. in, in my experience as an activist in this community, to a very large degree, that's the critical step because. Um, if you're not, if you, right. if you're held out as a thing, there's no way to um, to to be treated as 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 genuine. And um, mm -hmm. when you're uh, pulled mm. back in as a, a, a group of people or individuals, then agree or disagree with this or that particular thing, we're in dialogue. We're talking with each other. We're part of the uh, the conversation. And once we're part of the conversation, I think so much of the true horrors that that our community sees uh, become very difficult to sustain when we're talking, uh, you know, with non-zoos. Even if they right. still are uh, having challenges understanding who we are, once we're talking, uh, we have taken the the step that I believe is perhaps the most difficult and the most powerful. And this podcast has helped to do that, mm. I think, in so, a way that would be hard to do right. in other ways. So, building on what Fausti was saying about the power of us speaking in our own voice, I think it's almost like the most obvious picture mm. is too obvious. Mm. And we forget sometimes that zoophilia does what it says on the package. Well it's about <laughs> love. Right. And I think when we don't have a voice mm. and people just fill mm. in the blanks for us in mm. our absence, they miss that mm. big obvious part of it mm. and fill in some kind of ulterior mm. sinister motive. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But when we when we speak for ourselves, it's really obvious that we love our animal companions and mm -hmm. we just mm. yeah i mean it's <laughs> it's about them and it's about what we can do for them and nurturing each other um more than anything and i think that without this opportunity and and hopefully more in the future to to speak our, on our own behalf and explain that you know this is our sincerely held belief that you know that animals are um, worthy companions, and and mm. that we really care for them, and mm. that we love them with all our hearts. It's, you know, it's easy for people to say that there's something nope. else going on, and that right. you know we're taking advantage of our animals. Definitely or, not. I don't know no, what, what they think is going on, but it's not that. Right. So, so yeah, that I think that's the the big take for me is. Um, mm just a, a chance to to sincerely express how much we care for our animal companions and i hope that that resonates with people and that right. they have something to challenge the narrative that we're animal does anybody abusers. else um get does anybody else get the sense 
uh, that there is a, a, a real frazzling of the more brittle sides of that uh, particular narrative. Just that, it, that shrill, intense, angry, you guys are all monsters and your monsters, terrible, evil, bad, terrible, evil monsters. And um, it just, maybe I've been in and out of health issues so intermittently uh, present and absent throughout much of this year. Yeah, it just, no, but that's I, every not time just I look you. back, I think, no, something does feel kind of different. Like the wheels are kind of falling off that particular approach to us as a community. It's not that we're being necessarily automatically embraced, but I think it's so hard to hold that shrill, angry, um, and you know when when you even even just a few of us exactly. yeah talking and hearing us talk to each other and what the kind of things we're concerned about and what matters in our community it it really does feel like there's been an erosion of the angrier side of the uh, zoophobic you know bigotry that i see on a regular basis and as an out zoo I'm quite familiar with that angry energy. And I, I, at first I thought maybe it was in my life because of cancer and people kind of mm. feel sorry for you because you're dying of cancer. But over time I started to think, I don't think it's just me. I think there's more of a sense that this is no longer a topic that is considered to be a, you know, an answered question. Zoos are evil people. Next question. That is no longer the assumption that I get locally from non-zoos inside, outside law enforcement, um, you know, you name it across the board, there seems to be a deeper reevaluation that's taking place. And uh, I don't want to take credit for that as a podcast, mm. but I do feel like it's part of the nexus of what we do uh, you know, in this project uh, that we're looking for a more substantive dialogue and that old, broken, shrill, angry, repetitive insistence, you know, consent, blah, blah, blah. There's, you, you know, that the just repeating over and over again the same empty, um, um, you know, buzzwords and buzz phrases doesn't seem to be gathering the kind of momentum that it has for the last five or 10 years. It almost seems like it becomes a form of like self-satire. Well, you know, it's interesting right because this last MFF, uh, I got to meet mm -hmm. up with one of the anti-zoos mm -hmm. or former anti-zoos uh, who had been kind of messing with people mm -hmm. on, on Twitter. So, so basically at some point, he he had the moment where he's like mm -hmm. something is kind of fishy here uh and love cat sent him a copy of the book <laughs> uh uniquely dangerous <laughs> he's like holy shit what the fuck is this um and so that was an opportunity to talk to him and uh be there to answer his questions and kind of mm -hmm. we we became mm -hmm. friends through that um and so you know he would still kind of do these kind of um mm. offhanded mm -hmm. like assumptions like just clinical like this is zoos as a as a, as a mm -hmm. clinical experiment but when he came to mff mm -hmm. and then met all the zoos there he was like holy shit mm -hmm. you guys are just real people that's what he said to me he said so he's literally like you guys are just regular people i don't understand why everyone hates you because people love to <laughs> hate something totally. i feel like you're one of the best examples of of staying defiant because oh. If you have in one corner like an insul gamer who's screaming into the void uh, all this hatred and throwing a tantrum and then you kind of coolly saying like yeah okay but uh mario kart's pretty cool though <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy to, <laughs> to see who won that yeah. fight yeah. Well, there's a slogan that's a segue oh, thank you. into other movements oh, and it says simply love wins love so, wins yeah, right. love wins yeah, yep. yeah there you it go speaks for itself. that's the most defiant thing of all is yep. to just say nice. like 
Yeah. yeah okay, but I, you don't get to tell me who I love. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I'm going to yes, show exactly. you some love, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to show you some love, it's, damn it. Seems like people just seem to love to hate on things that are different or unusual or something that mm. defies the typical norms and what people yeah, don't right. seem to know yep. about. They have no yep. problem hating. And some people are just so hateful. It doesn't matter how much they know or the truth well, is put in front of them. They don't care. They just want to hate something. And those are the people that you just, just ignore them. You just got to ignore them. them. Mm-hmm. Just yep. keep on going. Mm-hmm. Keep doing your thing. <laughs> well, Let them dude, make themselves look dude, terrible. I would kind of disagree with you a little bit there. And I think that the only people who would really go out of their way to try to hurt somebody else are people who have been mm-hmm. hurt and don't mm-hmm. know how to process mm-hmm. it. So instead of, I mean, I, I'm all for protecting ourselves and Fausti and I had this oh, yeah. conversation in an oh, earlier yeah. episode about empathizing with people who uh, are out to get us while still keeping a healthy boundary. That's a great, um, a great conversation, yeah, by the I way, just to reinforce that. For, for yeah. the people out there who just hate our guts, <laughs> I would just like to say we feel bad for whoever hurt you sincerely and we hope that it gets better for you very well said yeah Yeah. i i find but that also does not mean that i have to sit there and listen to them yell at me all day so (laughs) no because we have mario kart to play right exactly right and now fellow zoos we have a huge privilege to speak to Doodle's mom, BJ, who has agreed to talk with us. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Welcome, it's and nice thank you so much for spending the time with us tonight. It's really an honor and a privilege to have you here. Absolutely. You have no idea. It's funny, actually. Um, last week we had uh, Love Cat's dad on, and I think he had no idea like how how much mm. like we are honored to have you guys as Very guests. True. Very true. Um, <laughs> so... Let me start by asking, uh, okay, I, I, how do we start this? Um, yeah, good question. <laughs> you, you've you known Doodle for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> that is perhaps the single worst yes, starting point I've ever heard. Acquainted without- <laughs> <laughs> Having known Doodle for a substantial portion of his life, um, no, not substantial, pretty much all by definition. So when a man loves a woman very much, they get together and they create a child toggle. I'm not sure if this is news to you or something. So this is Doodle's mother, right? In the sense of she gave him life. Right. So let's rewind and say... uh, Okay, so um, to start... um, How would you... Hmm kind of describe if someone were to ask you what what is your relationship with your son doodle Ooh, uh, that's too broad of a question i need Ooh, something a little more question. specific yeah <laughs> talk about a big question i think i think the reason why i asked this question maybe might help a little bit is because i think um a lot of people uh have a kind of a kind of an estranged sort of situation with their parents um especially in queer circles uh you know with uh i I, almost all of my gay friends and their parents Mm -hmm. don't get along and then every now and then there's there's the ones that really do and Mm -hmm. like the closeness is baffling to other people and Mm um so i'm curious as as someone who who is in a very good relationship with their 
family. Oh. I'm wondering about how, how... How would you describe your relationship with him? Would you describe it, to, you know, as, for example, close, um, somewhat distant, uh, always been close, uh, some other combination thereof in terms of the relationship you have with him? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That, that narrows it down a bit. Mm-hmm. So I like to think we've always been pretty, pretty darn close, mm-hmm. but... Um, when he and his sister were younger, I felt closer to his sister, basically because mm-hmm. obviously we're both females. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And she being his older sister, I could relate to her more in that I was an older sister. I was uh, the oldest of three. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I really related to his sister very well. Um, not that we weren't close when he was younger. We absolutely were. Right. Um, I don't know if you want to put this on the air, but he's a total mama's boy. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, we're totally going to put that on yeah, the air. Yeah, that on the air. Fact, Absolutely. Fact, we're going to take a, we're make a loop of that, and we're going to distribute just that loop. He's a total mama's boy to all of his yeah. friends so that they can play it whenever they want to. Yep. Well, <laughs> so let's see. His sister moved out when she was 18, so he would have been... 12 going on 13 Mm -hmm. once his sister moved out he and i became a lot closer Mm. and um you know that's actually a really hard time to get close to a your child right there going right into those teen years yeah (laughs) so when his sister was going through her teen years Mm -hmm. her and Mm -hmm. i butted heads a lot (laughs) and and her uh they grew up with a stepfather so mm-hmm. she was closer to her stepfather through the teen years and her and I butted heads. The mm-hmm. opposite happened when Doodle got to his teen years. He and I became closer and he butted mm-hmm. heads with his stepdad. How so I was his ally um, <laughs> in arguments he would have with his stepdad. <laughs> um, and uh, Doodle and I would go for bike rides together and he would mm-hmm. like to use those moments to have the deep personal discussions that he didn't feel mm. comfortable talking to me about face to face because mm. we would be mm. side by side on bicycles. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Um, That's great. Yeah. So he liked to use those moments to ask me, yeah, uh, mm. the birds and bees <laughs> questions and just general <laughs> relationship questions. Right. Now, so did he uh, talk to you about being a zoophile at that time? No. Uh, just in the last few months, he mm-hmm. he admitted mm-hmm. it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All through his and his sister's childhood, their stepdad and I had told them, you know, if you if you grow up gay, it's okay. We will mm-hmm. love you no matter what. Gay, mm-hmm. bi, mm-hmm. trans, whatever. We will love you no mm-hmm. matter what. So mm-hmm. when he told me he was zoo, just in the last few months or so, I was like, mm-hmm. huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Okay. The it's one time thing to put your money where your mouth list. is, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. When you it make a commitment, you got to stick by mind. it, right? Yep. Right, right. Interesting. <laughs> it just never crossed my mind that he would be zoo. Uh, I, it mm-hmm. never, I don't know why I didn't think of it. And he mm. was shocked that I didn't notice. He thought his, yeah. his behavior or, or his fascination with horses mm-hmm. would be an obvious red flag for me. 
And it <laughs> absolutely was not on my radar at all. <laughs> I think I think it's fair to say most parents, a lot of people don't even think that it's a thing that their child can be. Would you say that? Yes, a- that's correct. I fall into that category. I did not know it was a thing. <laughs> and okay. I'm ashamed to not know that that was a thing. I feel like I should I don't know known. if that. Nah, I don't know that if that's a shame thing. I think more more knowledgeable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you should feel ashamed. I think that it's it's uh it's it, it is kind of a curveball uh, in that you know at this point it being progressive a, a really good parent is you know if you're trans or or gay or anything uh you know I'm here for you. You can tell me. I I, I think that we have not brought Zoo into the lexicon of parenting just yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that you started with the right foundation that he was able to tell you. So that's a good place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. Yeah. I wanted him to be able to tell me and I want him to be who he is. Mm-hmm. I just, right. I like to consider myself a knowledgeable person and, and felt ashamed <laughs> that it wasn't even on my radar as a possibility. <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> perhaps as a mitigating uh, f- a factor in your self analysis, and I ask this coming from a famously horse-centric family going back many generations, uh, you know, in our family, mm. that horses were the foundation. I learned how to ride at two years old before I learned how to walk and so on and so forth. Uh, is yours a, a deeply horse-centric family or, or less less focused on horses as the beginning and end of the, mo- the things that are important in life? Deeply animal-centric. But not well horses. Said. Okay. Interesting. Not horses. Okay. Um, well said. All right. I will say that that as a young girl, I would get together with other little girls and we would play. Wasn't into Barbies. Mm-hmm. We played with horses. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. So okay. I've always had an affinity for animals. So I assumed that it was natural that, that Doodle would too. And it right. is. Um, Absolutely but true. But being zoo... Yeah. Completely mm-hmm. off my radar. I think that's okay. I don't think I don't think that's something to, to be ups- ashamed of that it wasn't on your radar. Dusty, you've been trying to ask a question. I know you're chomping at the bit. Go for it. Well, I was thinking back to those conversations. I can't help as as a parent uh, uh, speaking to this question, as well as somebody who was raised, of course, by parents with a particular uh, position and place in life. Um, whilst the two of you were side by side riding on those bikes. Uh, it, without breaking confidences, obviously, what type of discussions would you have with your son th- that you felt were important or that you felt represented the essential elements of what you were trying to communicate to him as a mother? Mm, what a question. You know, just uh, to talk about sexuality in general mm-hmm. and okay. um, emotional relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Um he would be bullied oh. on occasion, not constantly, but he was bullied. And I, I always wanted to try to impress upon him self-confidence mm-hmm. and that as a teenager, everyone feels that everyone else is looking at them and judging them when in <laughs> reality, they're all terrified. <laughs> Very true. They're yep. all scared of being judged and mm-hmm. uh, fake it till you make it mentality works very well Mm. (laughs) Uh, project confidence pretend you are confident and people will believe it Mm -hmm. Um, that's true actually I didn't want him to let anyone uh, push him around manipulate him or take advantage of him emotionally or physically 
Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I just wanted to bolster his his confidence as a person in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether it was about work or school or relationships of any nature, mm-hmm. I wanted to help him become the best person he could. Mm. Not sure if that answers your question directly, but we can revisit it, it if I need to. <laughs> it- it answers a, a, a larger question that I would have, and I would like to say this right off the bat because I think sometimes this is not said enough in circumstances where it is unquestionably true, and so I have taken the liberty of choosing to say it as often as I can. I would like to say that you are and were an extraordinary mother to him and that Thank you. it is rare yeah. to find parents who are that um, profoundly... Um, loving and uh, focused on the success and long-term happiness of their children. And I think that when mm. we see examples of that in practice, that we should honor uh, those parents the best of our ability. And mm-hmm. I think it's clear, even in the short conversation, that you have been an extraordinary mother to him. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's great to hear. <laughs> that being said, when he admitted to me that he was Zoo, mm-hmm. Um, the initial shock was very brief. It okay. wasn't the fact that he was zoo. Um, my main concern was, oh my God, how do I protect my child? Right. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I worried all of the repercussions from that, all of the potential fallout. Um, right. and I have right. to admit selfishness on my part in that I was concerned about myself as well, but mm-hmm. mainly Oh my gosh, I do not want anyone to hurt. And I know he's a grown man, but I don't want right. anyone to hurt my child. Right. Or right. Very do true. anything to protect him. I think at so. once, yeah, that is a real uh, reaction from a caring mm-hmm. parent and a terrible indictment of the bigotry that those in our community face, in that the thing, the first thing that those who love, Uh, people in our community tend to think about is the risk that they will have of being horribly hurt by others out there who will react to their sexual Mm -hmm. orientation in that way. And it is worth Mm -hmm. stepping back and recognizing how profoundly, disgustingly dysfunctional that is, that our reaction to to this particular orientation uh, tends to be uh, so toxic and unhealthy that those around us are primarily worried about our own safety and well-being first and foremost Mm -hmm. that is a real thing and i think Mm -hmm. amongst other reasons that is a big focus of the podcast and the work that we do and uh, Mm -hmm. to do what we can to make a future where the first thought that a parent doesn't have in in responding to their child's discussion of this kind of issue is, oh my God, I want to make sure that nobody does something terrible to them because that shouldn't even be on the uh, radar screen. And yet at this point in time, I think the reaction that you had is based on an honest fear that their circumstances could be very difficult. And what can you do to help protect him from that was, was a legitimate reaction. And I don't think anything that reflects negatively on you in any way. You know, it's funny. uh, You said earlier, you had not yet heard uh, our interview with love cat's dad, right? Correct. Um, And and the reason why I point that out is because you actually had a very similar reaction to love cat's dad is like, Oh no, absolutely. Absolutely. Things are going to be much harder for my my child. 
Um, mm-hmm. What can I do? Um, mm-hmm. So, having heard this news, this uh, the curveball is thrown. Um, what is your? Uh, what did you do? Like, did you ask questions? Did you go look online? Like, what was your reaction to to try and find a way to help? Wow. Um, you know, I actually did not do much in the way of research, which is fine. I, yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. I expressed my concerns to him in that I was unsure of cons- consent between uh, mm-hmm. a human mm-hmm. and an animal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked to me about a lot of research that he had done. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, knowing my son, mm-hmm. not a violent bone in his body, kindest mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> Very similar to what Lovecat's father said. He says, said. yes, there yes. is consent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Talked about it mm-hmm. rather briefly, but mm-hmm. I trust him. And right. if he mm-hmm. says consent is a thing, then I believe mm-hmm. him. Well, so, I don't need to yeah. do further research into something to prove it to me. Right. I right. take I mean, him at his word. That's beautiful. Right. Well Man, that's yeah. so good. I will say, like, I, I told this story to Lovecat's dad is like when I told my mom I was a furry, not even a zoophile, just a furry. Uh, she went online and started looking for things, and she found every mm. single negative thing she can find. And it's like, oh my god, oh no, what's gonna happen? You can't go to the con because they order towels or some something weird like that. <laughs> like, it's, it's about locking everyone in a room and ordering only towels. It's like, what are you talking about? Oh my about? god. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. I think it's it's kind of wonderful that you, you are, uh, are in a, have that kind of confidence that you can just kind of take take your son's word. Because like you said, this is actually, again, very much similar to what Lovecat's father yeah. said. You know, you know your son. You know who he is. You know he's kind. You you trust that in him. I know he would never hurt another person or animal, uh, consciously hurt them. Right. Yep. It reminds me of a conversation I had with someone um, many years ago uh, in the in the context of becoming aware of my own sexual orientation. And I have to mm. be super vague about this because there are confidentiality issues here on on the other side of the table. And what oh, this fine. individual said in very broad terms is. Um, look, I've seen you in the barn around the horses. I know how the horses uh, work with you and think of you and respect you and love you. And anybody who says anything about this being something bad going on secretly behind the scenes is an idiot because they have not stood in my barn and seen you with my horses. So whatever else is going on between, as this person said, between you and the mares when the lights are off, which I just thought was a spectacularly funny phrase, (laughs) between you and the mares when the lights are off, that's between you and them. I don't need to know and I don't need to care because I know that whatever it is, it's not bad. And I just sat there in this conversation, Mm. blinking my eyes like, wow, that really is the most fundamental summation of what matters and what Mm -hmm. doesn't in these discussions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whatever else is going on or not going on, don't know, don't care. I know that the horses like you, you like the horses, you would never do anything negative to them. They would never do anything negative to you. The rest of it is sort of a rounding error at that point. And I just don't care Mm -hmm. enough to pay attention to the details. It's none of my business. And that was a refreshingly commonsensical response to a refreshingly direct concern with whether there's something actually bad happening here 
Question, is something mm. bad is ha happening? Answer, you know your son. You know that he would never be involved in something bad happening with any other person, two legs or four. Therefore, there's nothing bad happening. Next question. Yes. Right. That works Correct. because it's true. Yeah. And the simplicity of that mm -hmm. doesn't take away from the from the absolute objective uh, uh, of, of factual reality of that analysis and the fact that we don't have to go through many, many hours of, um, you know, minute discussions about this, that, and the other thing is, I think, mm. a reflection of the fact that the focus should be on whether something bad is happening to someone. And if that is not the case, for whatever reason, and we know that's not the case, then the questions shift away from issues of morality and shift away to what I would like to ask the next question of, um, after you and um, Doodle had the discussion about his sexuality, what, if anything, has changed in your relationship with your son at this point in time? You know, it, it's really hard to say. I still think of him mm -hmm. as the same person. Because um, he is. <laughs> I'd be hard-pressed. Yeah, exactly. He is. The only thing that's changed <laughs> is my knowledge. Right. Um, Fair enough. I'd be hard-pressed to give you an answer to what's changed because I don't feel that anything has that is an answer uh, to what's changed. Still yeah. love yeah, him absolutely. and care about him just as I always have. Yeah. Nothing has changed is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Which is great. Uh, let me ask you, yeah. has he um, uh, shared information about horses with you since then or even before that? Like, what was his relationship uh, with you in regards of talking about his interests with horses? You know, we do. We've talked a bit about horses now and then. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, just... <laughs> anatomy um, as far as like physical problems with uh, laminitis mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, general health mm -hmm. um, basic husbandry um, care mm -hmm. yes care and, and, and keeping and nutrition uh, surrounding horses mm -hmm. but nothing really specific to a sexual relationship with a horse because mm. why enough. Right. Um, why? Right. Why right. would you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Why would I, you talk about sex with anyone unless you are having a problem right. that you had questions about? Right. Right. Exactly. Um, right. He wasn't right. having any problems in that area. <laughs> Therefore, everything's um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's okay. And um, <laughs> I have to say, I work in the field of, of veterinary medicine, so. Mm, we talk about more than just horses. We right. talk about animals mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just as I would not talk to my mother about my sex life with my husband. Right. <laughs> well no. said. I, I definitely I didn't want to talk to him about, about sex. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm happy to discuss sex in general with him and um, questions and mm -hmm. such. But mm -hmm. as far mm -hmm. as details regarding his own personal sexual relationship with whoever it may yeah. be. Right. Right. Nope, we don't discuss that. Well, we, if he if he wanted to talk <laughs> to me enough. about that, he Fair absolutely enough. could, though. I, I'm right. curious. No um, you you no are said. you work in veterinary medicine. Uh, did you have a conception of what a zoophile was before your son came out to you? Um, I had a very. And you can be totally brutally honest. Yeah, there's I'm nothing we haven't heard. I'm trying to think of how to, to so. word it. I'm not trying to be crude, but. <laughs> Fair enough. We've heard worse, trust me. So when I think of prior mm -hmm. to, to learning about this mm -hmm. from my son, um, zoophile to me was just 
bestiality, you know, big bad yep. word, yep. bestiality, and that it was a bad thing. Yep. Um, yep. I didn't know of anything beyond that because honestly, I had never uh, mm-hmm. chosen to learn about it right. or look into because it. Because you'd never felt I it was particularly relevant. Didn't really know perhaps. about zoophilia. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Interesting. Oh, yeah, so perhaps you didn't because think it, was it didn't feel relevant. Yeah. You didn't feel particularly relevant to you, and so you had never sought out more information about it, right? Right, right. Uh, and I didn't know of any good aspects to it. Right. Fair enough. So now that your son is out, how has that perception changed in a general sense as opposed to just, you know, obviously your son is a good person? Um, right. Interesting. In a general sense, I... Um, for it to make sense to me in my mind, I think of... Uh, being a zoophile uh, similar to being a homosexual or bisexual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just something mm-hmm. different. Right. Um, it's not necessarily a good or a bad connotation. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's an, yep. or an orientation yep. that was not on my radar previously. That's good. Also. Actually, I think that's great. I love it's neither positive nor negative. It just is an mm-hmm. orientation. It's a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's a perfectly... Uh, mm-hmm. reasonable way of looking at it because you can gauge things in a more neutral way where you're, you're not as biased mm-hmm. one way or another. So I like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I, yeah. I out myself a tiny little bit in that um, Doodle and I have discussed to some degree uh, his engagement with horses in a uh, larger context of how much or how little he wants to have his life um, um wrapped around or organized around horses and working with horses. Uh, so mm-hmm. he and I have had that discussion on and off for a decent chunk of this year. Let me ask you, uh, knowing him and knowing where he is in his life, do you feel like you would guide him towards having a more active uh a role for horses in his life at this point or do you feel that having horses be a part of his life rather than his whole life is perhaps a more appropriate path for him to follow i think he has a a great affinity for uh, working with horses in any capacity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and i would wholly encourage him to pursue that uh, mm-hmm. I've actually talked to him about going into veterinary medicine, but he's emphatically Good. said no. <laughs> he's not and I emphatically in that. agree um, with you that I'm trying to talk him into that as well, though that made news <laughs> to him. That is something that I had been hoping to spring on him at some point. Now that you have said you have done that, I will absolutely pile on with you and encourage him to do that. Gratuitously, so. Yes. No, with that so, being said, the, the I, I understand the yeah. reason that he... <laughs> No, no. I, I need to back up and say that I understand his <laughs> desire to not be in the veterinary field in that it's it's heartbreaking. Right. Um, it is. Yes, that's it true. It is very emotionally taxing. Uh, yes. I'm not sure if you know of the extremely high suicide rate in that field. I do, uh, in fact. Yes. So yeah. I yeah. do not want to send him down a road that will mentally break him. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I believe However, he is wonderful with horses. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's just natural. It's very yes. natural for him. This is, and I, I'm in the field I am in because it's natural for me. Right. I just want him to live up to his potential to be the best person he can. Mm. It will come as no surprise to you, perhaps, to to hear that the vast 
overwhelming majority of horse zoos tend to have acknowledged and obvious gifts in working with horses. No surprise there to me, at least. And that he has obvious gifts in working with horses is is absolutely uh, transparently clear to me. And the opportunity to take that and to pursue that where it will lead is something that I have encouraged him to do, whilst at the same time recognizing as someone who grew up on, in, in and around the horse world all my life, the horrors and disappointments and all of the, the downsides that can come from making one's life and career within that world Although that is mm -hmm. real, I still think that for those with that gift, it is a squandering of potential uh, not to pursue that to the best of our ability in that it is a squandering mm -hmm. of opportunity to be of benefit to horses in doing so, and that it is up to us to do the best we can to give back to the world of horses and those with the gift mm. are particularly well suited to do that and as such there's almost a responsibility for those of us with that gift to do so to the best of our ability without as you say destroying ourselves or otherwise emotionally right. crippling ourselves in right. the process right mm -hmm. right i agree um that being said his affinity for horses and his knowledge of horses um is not the only aspect of him um mm -hmm. he's right has tremendous tech skills yeah i was gonna say uh -huh. he's, he's in tech work so he does Agreed. really good with tech Agreed. and good with his hands with mechanics um mm -hmm. yeah he has a, a lot of skills he could put to good use uh, mm -hmm. financially <laughs> uh, that would definitely be financially lucrative which would then mm -hmm. in turn allow him to be yes. um deeper in the horse world in that horses right. are an expensive hobby yep. pet mm. friend true. whatever you'd like to call them horses Very are true. expensive taking <laughs> taking one step back if you were going to give advice to other parents whose children may or may not have a zoish orientation but would have an unusual or non-mainstream orientation looking back on what you now know with what you now know, what advice would you give to parents in thinking about, if any, their children and uh, recognizing that their children may be more complicated than they initially assumed or may have uh, sexual orientations that were different from what they had expected? I would think that as a parent, when you are raising a child, your goal as a parent is to encourage your child to be the best person that they can be uh, mm -hmm. and to encourage any hobbies or interests they may have mm -hmm. to help them mm -hmm. grow up to be a well-rounded happy person in addition mm -hmm. to being able to help others and to contribute to society mm -hmm. yeah you just need to let your child be themselves and encourage that mm -hmm. and encourage that is, confidence that is beautifully said I will say yeah, Doodle is. is a man of extreme confidence in, in my experience. So um, if Good. you were trying to make confidence, that is your son. Yes, you have done right by him. I'm glad. So. Yep. Now, that Absolutely being said, true. I was trying to, to encourage confidence in him, but not arrogance. So he has no I arrogance. Not arrogant. I, don't, I don't catch <laughs> arrogance from None. him. 
Not, not even a little bit. No, Good. I'm the arrogant one on the call here, not anybody else. So I have all the arrogance of, of everybody else is bundled into me. And certainly Doodle has none of Why that that I have ever so seen in my discussion. Arrogant. Because I deserve it. You'll have to try harder, Fausto. Right. You're not coming across as arrogant at all. Oh, I don't know. I can definitely come across as arrogant in every possible bad sense of the term. So, yes, I'm working hard at being oh. a grown up and no longer being as arrogant as I've been for the last, I don't know, 48 years, give or take. Uh, but uh, nothing in Doodle has resonated with me as even remotely arrogant. Humble is a word that I would use to Good. describe him in the most Good. legitimate a Buddhist sense of the term. Term, and I think that that also speaks highly to your role as a parent with him because you have succeeded mm. in creating a young man who is humble, uh, competent, confident, and uh, gen genuinely interested in helping the others around him. And I think that that is, mm. as a parent, the highest standard that we can hold ourselves to. And in my, in my opinion, you have succeeded with him and then some because he is a beautiful young man in every sense of the word. Oh, yes. thank you. Thank you. That is really wonderful to hear. My job here is done. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I, well I'm said. glad that, that can move on to the next task. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Onwards and upwards. <laughs> well, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, uh, and sure. the, strangely enough, the question is: Do you have any questions um, that you have for us, or for the community, or I mean, even for Doodle? <laughs> that you want to ask oddly enough i do not have any questions i'm very uh <laughs> comfortable with um, who my son is as a person mm -hmm. i uh not really confused about anything mm -hmm. uh, i'm grinning like i said so. when he came out to me it was a little mm -hmm. a little surprising but mm -hmm. i i like to think of myself as a very open-minded person so it was and you a are surprising for you a are. moment, but, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I actually don't have questions. <laughs> That's good. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm grinning mm -hmm. ear to ear. So it's mm -hmm. good to hear. Likewise. <laughs> Likewise. May we follow up with you in, let's say six months time to check in and see how things have progressed in the meanwhile, because we like to kind of sure. uh, maintain a continuity over time. And, and see how our, our friends and those in our community uh, develop and how those around them uh, see them develop. And I think it would provide an opportunity for us to check in with you and see if we can have any more examples of extraordinary wisdom on the parenting side that we might be able to squeeze out of you at that point. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Very good. Well, thank, thank you. you so much, BJ. It's been like the biggest honor to have you on our Very show, much. our humble little podcast. Thank you Very so much. much. So. Thank you for having yes. me. Thank you for taking the time tonight. It has been an honor to have you on the show. And again, you should be proud of the man that you have raised and of the parent that you have been to him. And I am grateful for everything you have given to him and in turn that he is now able to give to those around him and pass forward mm -hmm. from there. Thank you. I am proud of him. He's a good person. Yeah. Good. He is. Wow, that was that was pretty incredible. Um, you know, after these past two episodes, I was actually inspired to like come out to my own mom. Um, oh wow! Yeah, um, fantastic. Well, yes, it's <laughs> amazing. Uh, let me. Uh, I guess should yes, probably well. continue the story here. Because um, <laughs> so, it goes badly wrong. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> so I, I've been trying to kind of get her alone for a, a little bit, but you know, with the holidays, a lot of families around. Um, 
And tonight, my husband mentioned that I was, mm-hmm. I had podcast work to do, and my mom was like, "Oh, <laughs> what podcast?" I said, "Uh, I'll tell you about it later." I've been, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. been trying to get you alone to talk about it. And after we left, uh, uh, Bear, Bear was like, "I think this is a terrible mm-hmm. idea. You should probably not do it uh, because oh. your mother mm-hmm. does not know mm-hmm. how to keep a secret." Oh boy. And um. So I I realized Mm -hmm. kind of what he said is actually true. When I tell her, Mm -hmm. she's going to uh, obviously Mm -hmm. seek the counsel of her friends. Uh, And he's like, you have to remember that Mm -hmm. you're not the only person affected Mm -hmm. by your decision. And so I really did think about that. And so I I texted her later and I said, you know, um, I probably we probably shouldn't have this conversation Mm -hmm. because because of this reason and she was like mm-hmm. oh are you sick are you like mm-hmm. uh, do you have hiv i was like no 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 it's nothing like that um mm-hmm. so i'm not sure uh what i'm gonna do with that mm-hmm. that's because, definitely a tough one right um and these are the kinds of things that real yep. real I, I bring it up because yep. it's something that real people have to consider mm-hmm. is um you know I, I know my mom would love me. Mm-hmm. I don't have any. I don't have a doubt in my mind if I tell her that that I'm gonna mm-hmm. have still have all of her love and support. But um, I don't know if her friends will have that same love and support. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that if if she gets drunk one night that she mm-hmm. won't uh, confess it to to a friend, mm-hmm. even if she promises to keep it a secret from me. Um, so it's not it, it's not always the easy choice. Right to come out there are things to consider and it's not always the right choice to come out at a particular point in time despite our general optimism about it there there are considerations and timing questions and uh, others that might be impacted as toggle has said these are challenging questions and um, require of us um, that we look deep inside ourselves and um, make the best decisions we can, often in circumstances that are very hard to predict mm-hmm. up front. Mm. Well, Fausti, I, I think that coming out all the way is in some ways a little simpler than very trying so. to very much so. either stay completely yes. in the very closet so. or to come out selectively. Yes. Because if you try to come out selectively, you just never know the follow-on people who will out you to well, people who aren't cool yeah. with it. Yep we can you know we can feel people out and say like okay i think this person would be cool with this but who are they going to tell i think we don't know but if you go the fausty direction and just come out to everybody <laughs> ever <laughs> then you don't have to worry about that because it's it like yeah, I mean, so. vastly so um sometimes more challenging but uh, i will say that i spent a, a, a more than a decade uh, out with an asterisk, you know, like out kind of mostly to, you know, and that out with an asterisk is is particularly challenging. I would absolutely agree with that. And um, uh, stressful right. because there's always those questions of uh, do they, don't they, what should I say here, what should I not mm. say? And being on the other side of that for all of the difficulties that do come with it, it there's a bracing clarity of, of purpose and I no longer have to worry about that kind of information dissemination control and right. I can focus that energy elsewhere. That is not always right for everybody and nor is it right for everybody, anybody at a particular place in their mm. life. I think like for me, I'm lucky enough that if someone were to tell my mom, I wouldn't give a shit. 
I'll tell her first for sure. Absolutely 100%. Uh, because I know, I know that her response will not be one of like shame or hatred. If anything, it'll be concern for me and my well being. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not really, you know, too worried about it. Um, uh, but I do not necessarily want her to blab it to her friends. Uh, if I had to, I would tell them too. I think I'm at that point where if I, if it came down to it, I could tell just about anyone. But um, mm-hmm. if I have the option, I'd like to to, <laughs> to be more selective and come out on my and own at terms. At the same time, that's, less yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, reasonable. less it sounds like we're being particularly cagey in a way that reflects a uh, a sense of shame or. Um, lack of confidence in who we are morally and ethically to a degree this is true for everybody like everybody has parts of their lives mm. zoo non-zoo uh, straight you know whatever that are more or less a, a front and center part of their identity that is known broadly you know uh, amongst the the larger world and some things are are kept closer to vest for some people at some points in their life and some things are not and that's not inherently unhealthy or particularly zooey this is a part of being a complicated human being and that's that's okay there's there's nothing bad about that um so i think sometimes we can feel a little bit guilty anyone who who like would shame someone for questioning coming out uh i would have to say yeah. is yeah. Probably either never been queer, or yeah. uh, is just an asshole, <laughs> because yeah. this is a reality uh, that a lot of people have to deal with. Is like, uh, I don't know, yeah. my my mom is highly religious. I don't want to tell her I'm trans because she'll send me to gay therapy or whatever the fuck. You know, and it's not just sexuality. I mean, well, there no. are folks who have um, a, a parent in prison, for example, mm. and they often have a question of: Do they tell people that? Do they not? Do they say, "Oh, yeah, my dad's uh, traveling on work," or um, you know, out of the country? I mean, having spent enough time in prison, I will, I know that for some people that is as big an issue of you know, do you do you come out uh, mm. uh, you know as somebody with a parent incarcerated or not? And it can have the same kinds of of consequences and impacts. So this is a, this is a human question not a zoo question and not even necessarily a sexual question mm. and it requires of us some deep thinking and honesty and and genuine reflection on you know where we're at in our lives um and i think the diversity of different ways of being out and coming out and expressing our identity as zoos is something that has really come through in this year's podcasts in that mm. there one rule about it is that there really isn't a rule right like for every you know story and this is why the zoo stories um, opportunity is such a great extension mm. to the concept of a, of a zoo podcast yeah because it just shows how 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 much happens as part of being who we are and uh, how how many different right answers to that question there can be mm. and i think that is a it's an illuminating and i think a refreshing and an empowering message for a lot of zoos who i think sometimes assume that there's got to be one right way to do the zoo identity and then there's a lot of wrong ways and i would flip that on its head and say that there's a lot of right ways and very few fundamentally wrong ways and i think that as a community we can celebrate the fact that we are resources for each other to find those optimal paths in in our own personal lives and in part we do that by looking at the experiences of others in our community and learning from those and and seeing maybe different places that we might go as we explore our identity 
based on the wisdom that we can gain from others who have followed those paths in their own particular ways. So the Zoo Stories, I, I think, is an incredibly powerful um, resource for the community, and I'm really, really supportive of where this uh, project is going. And I can't wait to see, um, you know, as mm. it evolves, um, where, you know, what what will then in turn come next right. from that, and you know, and build on that concept in and of itself. Well, thanks, Fausti. Um, I think one of the things that I really like about Zooier Than Now is the variety show format. <laughs> mm. But absolutely, yes. What um, it gains in variety, I felt like it. It lost a little bit in focus yep. on that one particular aspect mm. of a zoo just yep. telling their own story. Totally agree. And uh, I think we recognized, I, I believe, after the first or second episode, if not sooner, uh, that we could not be all things to all people as a zoo podcast. Right. And for every decision we made to do something meant there were 10 things that we couldn't include in the episodes. Right. And right. Right. immediately we realized that this is going to require a lot more than one podcast and one team and one vision to reflect even a small part of the the full spectrum of the community uh, and and who we are and this. so the uh, deep dives into particular you know subjects or foci uh, within the community I'm almost uh, jealous in a sense of that because we do try to maintain a, a broader focus and um, I'm glad to see that the the, the more targeted f- focal focal points are are coming you know um, oh, uh, ripe in a sense. You're so oh, I, I, I want to so. give other people here <laughs> a chance to, to, to talk. Well, very true. Um, <laughs> doodle any last words in case you do- disappear? Uh, I'm not sure at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds ominous. Uh. I just hope that any anyone out there listening just continues to live their own lives and try to better the lives of other zoos that they are in contact with or come across and continue to be an example of who we are. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And uh, Doodle, on behalf yes. of the entire uh, uh, podcast team here, thank you for what you've done and for your presence uh, in this community. I think it has inspired all of us in particular ways to be the best we can be and to reflect that particular energy that you bring uh, to the work that you do as I talk to you off the podcast and you dropped out. Now I get to say all the wonderful things about you that I've always wanted to say, which is that you are a a true uh, resource (laughs) for the community and an inspiration for so many of us. And we're grateful that you have chosen to be part of this work. I think it has unquestionably helped us to be the best we can be uh, in the work we do at Zero to Now. So thank you again, my friend, and happy 2020. (laughs) Yeah, I love Doodle. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, I want to make sure I've given everyone Mm -hmm. some time to talk. I know, Zeman, I haven't really gotten to hear from you. He has to talk over me, so it's not so easy. Yeah, talking while (laughs) Fausty's talking, probably not the best uh, idea. No. (laughs) <laughs> but I'll put some duct tape on my mouth here for a minute. If there's further he would like to say, I will certainly honor him with my um, tiny moments of silence, just long enough for him to get a word in edgewise. So this is me being silent. <clears throat> <laughs> okay, I'm done being silent. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 uh, no, what do you see? Uh, I want to ask you a question. What do you see 2020 bringing in terms of the zoo community and your own life um, 
uh, as we move forward through this year? Well, first I'd like to say that we haven't set a date mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for any kind of ceremony. However, we are hoping that 2020 will provide us the opportunity to do so. Uh, there are lots of plans in the works throughout the year for things we want to get accomplished in our life. But uh, mm. that's one of them. Um, not in small part. Excellent. One of them. But uh, <laughs> that's a big thing. We're so we're super fucking excited. I need my invitation. I hope you stream it so that people can join you. <laughs> hmm, that's an idea. You should stream your Actually, wedding. It will be the zooiest thing ever. Your wedding. And I, I'll put my tape back on, but yes, sure. <laughs> Meet us in the stables. <laughs> no. no. Hello. It's not in the kennels? Yeah. Both. Well, well one's going to have the ceremony, the one's going to have the reception. So <laughs> One's going to have the honeymoon. And you can flip between the two. There's no rhyme or reason. It will come as no surprise to those who know me <laughs> that I'm not shutting up, number one. And number two, uh, that... That there is a, a formalism and a respect for procedure and tradition that leaks out of me whenever you poke me with a sharp stick. And I hope that we can be uh, at once uh, uh, gratuitously and exuberantly zooey and also demonstrate um, the, the kind of uh, pride in the um, sharing of our lives and the public celebration of that incredibly um, wonderful experience that uh, is an opportunity to show the good sides of tradition and and um, to um, put something forward that um, we can all feel um, is is genuinely beautiful. So um, that is, I think, yeah. our, our, our idea, or at least part of our idea for um, what we can do to uh, show through example that we are manifestly proud of who we are and that I am extraordinarily proud of the person who has chosen to join his life with mine. Love wins. So, so your, your, your wedding vows are going to be so uh, I, 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 They will be bound in hardcover, <laughs> and uh, we will just, you know, uh, we will be handing them out in advance. <laughs> Not again. There I'm is a glossary at the end, so when people want to look stuff up, they can actually, they, there's, a, there's an index, <laughs> uh, yeah, table. As you yeah. say, this is sounding Liz, very do you familiar. See what I have to deal with? Liz, do you see what I have to deal with? Everything he says is beautiful and elegant, and I can't fucking like, cut it, but it's, it's so long. I get told that a lot, Togo. It's okay. It's, I'm, I'm used it's to that. so many words. That's, That's why your episodes so are words. all five hours long. <laughs> you should hear the dinner conversation. The dinner conversation or the dinner speech? Um, let let me clarify. I'll go ahead and, and explain in some more detail exactly what he's... Blah, 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 blah. How about I no, shut the fuck up? Do it, man. Tape is back on. <laughs> I love you, Fancy, so much. Oh man. Um, but Les, uh, you are a humble fan. Um, where where do you want to see come out of 2020 with the podcast? Oh well, first of all, don't change anything. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> um, each episode is better than the last. Aww. You compare one of the early episodes with the current episode, it's it's just night and day. Well, yeah. Um, Try to get better. <laughs> you, you are, this is a new thing. This is not something that has ever existed before. Right. Uh, and that just, I I am so chuffed about that. <laughs> what would I like to hear in the future? Yeah. Um, I think it would be absolutely fascinating. If you could snag a healthcare professional, uh, yeah, um, someone who's 
work and career is, uh, at least in part, uh-huh. uh, helping zoos, mm. uh, treating them, mm-hmm. uh, and just hear, hear them out, you know? Yeah. Hear yeah. what they have to say. Yeah, it might be good a good perspective. Uh, ah, uh, people earlier were talking a bit about the terrible image mm. problem our uh, community has. Um, because it really doesn't have an image, right. does it? it, it no, it, yeah, it doesn't that's, have a that's more accurate, I think. Widely agreed upon flag. It doesn't have a. <laughs> it doesn't have much of right. an identity. Well, yeah. I'd be, I'd be fascinated to hear you guys uh, talk about ways you think we might uh, be able to become more visible mm, and mm. thus less scary. Ah, <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah, uh, definitely. Kind of uh, some good good ideas there. I really appreciate that. Definitely stuff to look forward to in the future. Kion, so you were very skeptical at first of this project. Where do you want to see it go in 2020? I would like to see the kind of the theme of being a voice for zoos ex- extrapolated <laughs> more. Um, mm. uh, I almost feel like it's almost like a marketing thing. Um, the uh, when when the lady in South Africa is babbling about this stuff, well, she should be able to find us easy. Uh, <laughs> We're right. just yeah, we're absolutely. just members of a community, but we are a voice and we can speak. You know. Yeah, he's referring, by the way, to a mm-hmm. radio show in South Africa that did an episode mm-hmm. on zoophilia. Um, we have not heard said episode, but we do have a little write up that she did about it, and feel like it mm. probably could have used a zoo voice. Um, As such things are. Uh, yeah. And it was not mm. it was not disrespectful. It was not disrespectful at all. But she called us um, p- persons who are sexually attracted mm. to animals. PSA. That's a thing. Was like, yeah, that, that. That, that got birthed like 10 years ago <laughs> as fucking, a euphemism that some psychologist decided oh was God. like a, a, no, a more. No, that's not us. We didn't make that up. Don't use that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to see that voice, that that uh, a contact point. And, uh, and um, as for like actual content, I'd like to see... Um, something more uh, where some other contributor in the community puts together a, a, a mm. you know more or less most of a podcast or a yeah. chunk of one um, that that's completely different yeah. in its own ways than what the mm. uh, than thou as a or group as itself now, tends have- to put together we have mm. gotten to do that a little bit mm. on our Halloween episode almost mm. all of those skits were written by other people not by us uh, we had the mailed yeah, in. True. We even had that Ask well, Sui question. We didn't make true. that up. Someone, someone sent that werewolf question in. Uh, so we just ran with it. <laughs> um, uh, last yep. episode, episode 10? I think episode so. Episode 10? Uh, yeah, because it was December 10. Um, Love Cat. Love Cat was the one who kind of organized that episode. Very much so. Yes. Um, so 
Uh, and, and to the point that, have Fausti, have you even heard that episode yet? Indeed, I have not. Um, which is something yeah. that I always, it. really I, I always listen to them. <laughs> I have just been not healthy enough to uh, do it. I know. And I'm very it's much okay. looking forward to it. I'm, uh, that's actually the, oh, you're gonna... the, they are the most fascinating pieces of the, of the, of the podcast are not the parts that I participated in because I kind of know more or less where they, where they go. It's the, the contributions that come, you know, really whole cloth from elsewhere that absolutely are, are what, uh, you know, lights up my mind the, the most and uh, makes me feel uh, most optimistic about the fact that the podcast has become much more than Toggle and I sitting mm. in a studio every couple of weeks and recording a bunch of yeah. stuff. And as we're coming into this, you know, 2020, and there's all these laws that have been passed in the same kind of pattern that a bunch of laws get passed shortly before everything goes the other direction because people are mm -hmm. actually becoming right. aware of it um, mm -hmm. uh, to declare out loud and you know the world is becoming more zooey mm -hmm. people are understanding what we are um, yeah as as almost um, I, it's like I feel like there should be a a phrase you know uh, uh, a a a byline or something that says Zooining. that. You know, uh, no, <laughs> I don't know, but something like it's that. Awesome. It's, it's marketing. Yeah. It's ritual. It's that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing more of an opportunity here to cohere a sense of momentum and continuity as as a, a part of the community's evolution and use the podcast as as a, a an essential component in doing that is that a correct synopsis yeah when you have a voice you got to leverage mm -hmm. it for what use you it. got because yeah. use it well said yeah, yeah. use it <laughs> who uh, uh for anybody who is continuing to hang on and uh, and participate here uh what voices either from inside or outside the community would we brainstorm as uh, people that we would like to interview and include in whatever versions of future episodes that might come out this year. Ooh, okay. So there's this <laughs> phenomenon that um, occurred on the West Coast as part of, I think it was conference mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At, at the free committee. It was a uh, zoo breakfast. Yes, zoo mm. breakfast. Right, yeah. It was a big deal. I remember it. And uh, it was... It was kind of like every cliche scene in every high school um, coming of age movie where someone's deciding what click they want to sit with in the lunchroom and they, they cross <laughs> that line and, you know, and it's a big significant thing because they're coming of age. And, you know, sitting with the zoos in that enclave and saying like, hey, look, part we really exist. I mean, and that was in the early 2000s. I would love to hear from some people who organized that or mm. were were part of that yeah. so that, you know, they could share with us that experience and say like, hey, look, you know, almost 20 years ago, we all sat together and, you know, in this quiet act of defiance and mm -hmm. showed people like, yeah, you know, we also like breakfast. <laughs> we that. actually eat breakfast too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? I would say there's a category of opportunity to to uh, dig deeper into the history of our community and the activism that underlies where, where we are today and that got us to where we are today. And yes. I would say that I am naturally fascinated on the other side of the table 
with uh, reaching outside the community and uh, bringing in interview subjects who are not themselves zoos, but who um, intersect uh, quite clearly with the kinds of things that Zeus are passionate about, non-human well-being and uh, the, inter- the relationships between our, our species and other species, and uh, try yeah. to open that uh, dialogue up so that um, to be a guest on Zoo Than Thou isn't assumptively always to to, uh, to be, be a, a zoo. zoo, right? Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I think that the more that we break that barrier down as as the kind of thing that our podcast does, the more integrative we are going to be able to be in having our community perceived as part of the larger dialogue of people who mm, care about right. non-humans, right? Because so that's who un- we are. Yeah, until absolutely. one of us has a Juris Doctor, it would probably be <clears throat> really cool if we like had a l- real lawyer or judge totally or somebody agree. like that. I have, that would be I have cool. four lawyers. I have four lawyers that I've been meaning to reach out to, um, all of whom I'm pretty confident will participate. And I just have hesitated. That would be fucking awesome. Yeah. And I didn't want to over lawyer, you know, because I can be legal geeky and, and other geeky ways. Um, but uh, that is a not so secret plan for this year to uh, to, f- to find uh, legal minds and legal voices that have particular things to say about the things that matter to us. And um, I think that's a great place to start because lawyers do tend to be somewhat comfortable um, um, presenting themselves in diverse um, context without necessarily assuming, I mean, not every defense lawyer is, you know, it has um, committed a crime. They're, they're a defense lawyer. Right. They're not a defendant. So right. to talk to us as zoos, I, I think won't be as difficult for a lawyer to do as it would be for some other categories. And my secret plan yeah. has been to maybe start with my lawyer friends and colleagues and, and hopefully build on that in other areas as well. Yes. Good. Hey, Fausti. What, yes, what would you think about having Hani Boletsky on? Oh, absolutely. We thought about it yeah. immediately. Yeah, Hani, that was the first guest yes. we wanted to have. <laughs> exactly, yes. Have, uh, have we so, tried that? No, uh, she is busy. Oh. She's a busy bitch. She's, yep. she's washing her hair. I have, yep, uh, her hair. I have not reached out to her myself, and I am guilty uh-huh. in that I have owed her um, you know, a, a, a touch base for several years now, and I feel I have not had the best manners. And that is certainly on my list of people that I not only want to catch up with and and uh, be in touch with, but I absolutely hope that she will honor us uh, by um, um, participating mm. in the podcast in some way that she feels is appropriate and respectful of the fact that right. she is busy and has an extraordinary amount of research and client work that she does on a daily basis and that any time we can get from her will be a blessing. We would love to hear from you, mm-hmm. dear listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you want to hear from the show. So Very send much. us an email at mail at zoo.wtf okay, so or any permutation of that. It's part um, of the tradition. It, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You just type in a word, it, type in a word at zoo.wtf. We're bound mm-hmm. to get it. <laughs> um, also, reach out to us on Twitter. We love to hear from you. I love getting DMs from people mm-hmm. who've listened to the show. Uh, my Twitter is at one big mm-hmm. grumpy sure rat. Is. Uh, Fausti, Fausti, my Twitter is at something something. Uh, that's a good question. L E C O N T E S P I N K is my personal Twitter account. I am the absolutely not very secret, um, not even a little mm-hmm. bit, um, primary administrator of the at cross species Twitter account as well. So that is another place where outreach can uh, take place. 
and uh, I have all sorts of... His will take a lot longer, though, so reach yeah, out to uh, me. Also, I'm really long-winded, so you probably want to ask Toggle because he'll actually answer timely and to the point, unlike yours truly. <laughs> he'll be trying to fit it into a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then we have Doodle at one dapper donkey. Love cat at... I don't actually know. Yeah, A cat who loves so. you? A cat who loves you? Yeah, that's the one. A cat who loves you. Um, Steve... You're going to have to tell tell them yours. At Stories Zoo. And I think it's Stories yeah. underscore Zoo. But if you search for Zoo yeah. Stories, it comes up. All right, cool. And uh, my decidedly better half would be on Twitter at... Zeman Depot, D-E-P-O. Okay, Z-E-M-E-N, D-E-P-O. Kion is at... I am at Kion Kanid. Okay. All Kion right. Easy, easy. K-Y-O-N-C-A-N-I-D. Mm-hmm. Yep. And to everyone listening out there in the ether, we love you. Mm-hmm. And we wish you Happy Zoo Year! See, I can't howl very badly. It's the last time anybody asked me to howl. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, we'll always ask awesome. you.